Dr. Mark Rutland has been a distinctive voice in Christian ministry for over 50 years. He is a New York Times bestselling author, as well as being the president of major universities and mega churches as, as the pastor. He is also the author of a brand new book called Courage to be Healed, Finding Hope to Restore Your Soul. I'll talk with Dr. Mark Rutland today here on Babby's House. Stay tuned, Babby's House is coming to you right now. Every day is filled with possibility at Babby's house. Babby's house. Everybody is family. Oh, welcome to Babby's house. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Babby's house, where everybody is a member of the family. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you so very much for joining me today for Babby's House, and I promise you this show today will be an extreme encouragement for you. Wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, I pray that every word, every song will be a, a word of encouragement for you today. Dr. Mark Rutland is my very special guest, and this brother has a very distinctive voice, literally and spiritually. I love his ministry and have loved and respected his ministry for decades. He is a best-selling author, and today we're going to talk about his brand new book called The Courage to be healed. You know, it takes courage to step out of the shame of the, the past, the fear of the future, maybe even to seek counseling so that we can be healed way deep down on the inside, maybe from shame of the past, uh, maybe from the fear of the past. We'll talk with Dr with Dr. Mark Rutland about all of that and why he wrote this great book called The Courage to be Healed. Stick around for that great conversation today with Dr. Mark Rutland. As always, I love to kick off every show with music that the Lord has given me and today's song I, I hope and pray that will encourage you and also usher you into the presence of God. You know, right here, the Lord's Spirit dwells in this place. Worship with me, will you? In these holy moments, God is moving by His grace. I can see the glory of His presence on each face. In the beauty of holiness, no other name compares to our God, to our God. The Lord is here, the Lord is here, He is awesome in this place, the Lord is here, He's moving among us, descending upon us, we render praise and bless His name, the Sing it again. He is here. 
surrender everything No need for delaying You can trust Him with your need Will you give Him your all today? Open your heart and say Welcome back to Babby's House. I am honored to introduce to you Dr. Mark Rutland. And this brother's ministry has uh, been a real source of encouragement for me and millions of others throughout the decades. He is a very distinctive ministry, a uh, very distinctive voice in Christian ministry, being a New York Times bestselling author. He's been a columnist for Charisma Leader magazine, as well as being a pastor of uh, major mega churches, as well as being the president of leading Christian universities. Uh, he is the uh, the author of Courage to be Healed, Finding Hope to Restore Your Soul. Will you help me to welcome to Babby's House, Dr. Mark Rutland. My friend, it's good to see you again. Great and thank to be you back. for being here. Great to be back. And happy to have you back in Babby's House. And I always get excited when you come because uh, Dr. Rutland, there is a quality about your voice. There is a uh, there is a an anointing, a powerful um, authority your voice and your ministry are very authoritative. So we're always excited when you come. What a nice thing for you to say. Well, Somebody with such a beautiful voice amen. to say that about well, my you, poor croaky old voice. <laughs> but your writing and your ministry, brother, are so powerful. So talk to me about um, the inspiration behind Courage to be Healed. Why did you write this book? Yeah, I became convinced, and I, I don't think I'm unique in this observation, that there are a lot of uh, Christian spirit-filled Christians. I, I'm not 
doubting their faith, but they're, they're living toxic lives. Mm-hmm. They're just, um, they're not moving on into joy and victory and mm-hmm. peace and their relationships are in a tangle. Their, their minds are, are, are not where they're supposed to be. And I, I began to, to just say, look, there needs to be something done to, to sort through this. And the resistance I found in the Spiritfield community to, to counseling uh, that sometimes uh, some people feel everything ought to be done at the altar. If you're, if, you're, if you're saved, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then that ought to take care of everything. And altar experiences do what they do. Salvation does what it does. I'm not doubting that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit does what it does, but it doesn't do everything. There there's some, a work. There's a work. There's a work that has to be and done. Sometimes you got to get down in there and dig out the gunk out of the gears. That's right. And uh, look, God knows I had gunk in my own gears. I, I, this this book is the result of 50 years of ministry and living and counseling and going through counseling, and uh, and I just became convinced that there's that there was something we were missing. I, the book is based on a on a grid, on the concept that. There are five major areas of toxicity that I've been able to identify and that those five areas preside over whole domains of struggle in our Mm, lives. Wow. Um, Shame is a huge one. Um, Shame, condemnation, rejection, fear. These Mm. these are are domains of our lives that that ooze poison. Let's talk about shame. Yes. It seems like in our culture, our, our culture perpetuates uh, this uh, importance or the power of our image. Yes. And when we hide uh, behind an image that perpetuates guilt, shame, where we try to put our best face forward, but behind the f- that facade really is a person who is living in deep shame, who is living, and that produces secrecy, and all of those things that just continue to dig that pit deeper and deeper and deeper. How do we, how do we get out of that pit and find freedom from shame and guilt? Every one of these uh, poisons rests on a throne, is what I call it. It's something that gives the poison its power, and the power of shame is deception. And that deception is, this is who you are. Deep down inside, this is who you are. So counseling over a lengthy period of time with a man, a successful businessman, a CEO of a major company, who was angry, bitter, his marriage was in ruin, his relationships were wrecked. And as we begin to dig in and dig deeper and deeper, he got more and more defensive, more and more resistant. And finally, the door popped open. When he was 14 years old, he was raped. Not molested, raped. But he could not bring himself to say the word rape. Mm. Here's why. In his mind, a woman can be raped. If he ever admitted to himself he was raped, then it threatened his understanding of himself as a man. So he did everything he could do. He'd spend his whole life building this image of dominant, unbeatable, competitive, combative maleness because 
the deception of one word was ruining his inner life. Yes. When, when he finally broke through, and Babby, you talk about courage. Yes. You spend, you spend your life, he was, in his, he was in his 60s. Yes, it does take courage to take that step. You spend 50 years living in a deception. It takes courage to break through. You talk about uh, a lot in your book, you talk about counseling. And a lot of Christians believe, well, if you're saved, if you're spirit-filled, if you have Jesus, then you have victory. You don't need counseling. Yeah. Talk to me about that mis misconception. Well, it's a terrible misconception, and it's a dangerous one that limits people's access to a further work of healing. You remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and one of them is plural, the gifts of healing. Mm. The gifts of healing. So I believe in signs and wonders and miracles and physical healing, but a gift of healing is inner healing, and that's most often done through counseling. You know, you hear some angry evangelist on the television deriding counseling, preaching against counseling. If you're spirit-filled, you don't need counseling. I always think the same thing. Brother, you need counseling. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way in which we actually limit people's access to the healing grace of God. Yes. If we can affirm and, and authenticate counseling as a ministry of healing, people can get help. Yes. I think some of the greatest personal breakthroughs I've ever had um, personally and, and in our marriage have taken place in counseling. It was a door to a breakthrough. Yes. And, and ultimately the door to healing. So you talk about shame. What are some of those other thrones that, are, that hold us captive in our walk with the Lord? All right, here's one. Let's, uh, condemnation. Is, and it'll be interesting to you because it connects, oddly enough, it connects to worship. What is the throne that condemnation sits on? And that throne is idolatry, oddly enough. And it is this. You ever hear people say this? I know that God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Yes. Okay, that's a... I hear that a lot. It's a brazenly idolatrous statement to make. That says, I'm a better, more righteous judge than God is. Yes. I'm putting myself above God. Exactly. So what breaks the power of idolatry? It is worshiping God as he really is. Hmm. There are two kinds of idolatry. One is to worship a false God. One is to worship a God, worship God as different than he is. True worship takes you into the encounter of who God really is. Worship breaks idolatry, and idolatry, gone, deprives condemnation of its fear, uh, of its power. Once I know who God really is, I can really encounter. I'll give you an example. Pastor of a megachurch that I, I spent some serious time counseling with. His father was an alcoholic, but not the kind of violent alcoholic. He would come home 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, get the whole family up, little children, get them around the dining room table, and he would say to them, you don't love me. I may as well leave. I may as well kill myself. You don't love me. So all these little kids are pleading hysterically with their dad. They're trying to save their dad. We do love you. We do love you. So this pastor, this megachurch said, what I struggle with is not, I know God loves me. He said, I preach it. I know God loves me. What I struggle with, does God know I love him? Oh, my because he had allowed the, the, his father, this horrible, alcoholic, narcissistic father in the middle of the night, screaming, I'll kill myself. He's trying to make that dad know I love him. 
So now he's trying to build a big enough church, preach a good enough sermon, win enough people to Christ. To measure so that, up. So that God will know he loves him. Mm, he's wow. not trying to earn God's love. He's trying to make God know he loves him. We can get so tangled up. Yes, we can. It's like a tangled web that we weave. And this is why counseling is so important because yes. it, help, it helps us to untangle yes. the snarl of this web that we've woven emotionally, Absolutely. spiritually in our, in our lives. Well, um, you talk about the toxin of fear and fear, there's so many fears. And I think, I think the, the internet has perpetuated this whole persona of our image because we want people to look at us as one way on the internet. We're hiding behind this persona, that this, this person that we've painted, that we want other people to see, we want other people to know, and we're afraid of revealing our true selves. And so talk a little bit about fear, and we'll pick that up on the other side after this break. Or let's open that door to that. Fear is a great one because fear actually rests, what does the throne fear rests on? It's pain. Wow. Psychologists and scientists will tell you, you cannot actually remember a pain. You remember that it hurt, but you can't actually remember the, the sensation of the pain itself. So as I a, know that as a mother. So as a result of that, That's you right. can actually magnify the, the pain in your mind. Do you ever take a kid to the doctor and the doctor shows up with a hypodermic needle and the kid goes ballistic? Of course. It's because the fear of that pain is now magnified in his mind out of all control. We're going to talk more about that. Listen, stick around after this break. We're going to come back with more great conversation with Dr. Mark Rutland and more talk about his great book called The Courage to Be Healed. After this break, we'll be right back with more of Babby's House. I am so glad you came back to Babby's house and my conversation today with Dr. Mark Rutland, the author of Courage to be Healed, Finding Hope to Restore Your Soul. There are two words that leap out to me from the cover. First is the word courage. The second is the word hope. So we're going to start with the word courage. Why does it take courage? Why do you use the word courage to be healed? After doing so much counseling, I, I became convinced that certainly faith is a variable. That's the one we talk about all the time. I hear a million sermons on faith, and faith is a variable. But I'm convinced it's not the only variable, and for many people, it may not be the crucial variable. The cover on the book, did you ever notice? It's the picture of the man being lowered through the rooftop. Mm. And everybody knows the sermon. It's been preached on a million times. You've heard it since you were in vacation yes. Bible school. There are two wow. things everybody lifts up, the power of Jesus to heal and the faith of the men who lowered him through the rooftop. There's one variable nobody talks about. Imagine that you are totally crippled, unable to take care of yourself. Four men drag you up on the roof of a house, tie ropes around the corner of your beds, move their miles, and they tell you they're going to lower you down to the next floor. At some point, they looked at that man and they said, okay, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? <laughs> and he had to say yes. Yes. They needed faith, but he needed courage. courage. That's right. He didn't know Jesus was going to heal him. Yes. We know. He's putting it all out there. He's all out there. Yes. He, Jesus could reject him. Get this man out of here. I'm preaching. The other people could laugh at him and mock him. Or the guys on the roof could drop him. It, took, it takes courage to be healed. What I'm convinced is when you start in 
to try to find out why am I like I am? Why, why am I like I am? Why, why is everybody in my family mad at me all the time? And I'm the only variable in the story. Why is my marriage like it is? Why am I, why do I lose control in traffic? Why am I like this? It takes faith to be healed, but it takes courage to get down in there and, and let God deal with who yes. we really are. It takes courage to dig through the stuff yes. of life and to get to the root yes. of uh, who we really are on the inside. Yes, and what's wrong? How did it happen? And how do I fix it? And how do I fix it? Yes. Exactly. So when we talk about how do I fix it, let's talk about the outcome of the book. There's another word on the, on the, on the cover. It's the subtitle, Finding Hope to Restore Our Soul. Talk about the outcome. What is the result of, of reading the book? What is the outcome of this courageous step that we take to be healed? Beautiful. That's perfect. Look. The purpose of Christian counseling is not to just dig around in the detritus of our lives. It's not to wallow in, in the nightmare of things that happened to us or that other people did or even things that we did. It is how do we get past that? Mm -hmm. What is the desired outcome? There's a, there's a great word uh, in, in math. It's called integer. An integer is any positive or negative whole number. So three is an integer, but one third isn't. The integrated life is a life that is brought into wholeness, that I don't have to take some terrible thing that happened in my childhood and bury it off in some corner and pretend it didn't happen or ignore it and spend my life suppressing that, knowing that it bubbles underneath and oozes poison. I can bring it up, bring it in the light, let Jesus into it, let him heal it, and it brings my whole life together. It integrates my life. Yes. So I become integrated. I become balanced. Mm -hmm. I, I become mer merciful. Why can't I be a merciful person? It's because I'm unforgiving. Once I find forgiveness for the things people did to me, I find mercy. All of the wonderful things that God, God wants people's lives to be not just happy, but whole, well. And I'm glad you said put that. Put together. It is possible. It is possible. It is possible with Jesus Christ. Yes. It might take work. It will take prayer. It will take action. But it is possible. Dr. Rutland, thank you for coming this way to Babby's house. A joy. You're always welcome. And thank you for writing this great book, Courage to be Healed, Finding Hope to Restore Your Soul. Thank Where can we get a copy of the book and get more information? Any place you get books, you can get it there. And you can also get it from drmarkrutland.com or globalservants.org. Thank you again for coming this way. And thank you, dear friends, for coming to Babby's House today. Listen, this is what Babby's House is all about. It is about giving you tools for hope, for healing, to help to encourage you in your most holy faith. Will you do me a favor and reach out to me today at babby.com. That's my official website. There you'll find great music, wonderful books, uh, a link to, uh, to my internet radio station, babbymasonradio.com. All of those things to encourage you to find faith and to walk with the Lord. Will you do me a favor and just pray. Pray for Babby's house and our prayers go with you as well. Will the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Until the next time, the Lord, God bless you real good. Bye-bye for now.